We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome into the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, March 17th, 2017. DJ Trainer here, joined by Ken K-Train-Kreitz. All aboard. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Megaphone. Um, feel free to leave a nice review and download it also directly on the Rotowire website, Shannon is out and away, and I got to be honest with you, Ken. I completely forgot why he's gone. He's not in a bad. He's at a wedding. He's at a family wedding. wedding. It's on the. It's like out in the Carolinas, so it was a lengthy day of travel, and I think his wife may be in the ceremony. Gotcha. All right. Well. Thank you for staying on top of Shannon's uh, life. Uh, If you follow Ken on Twitter, on Facebook. Any social media platform, you, you know why it's not your dun, usual dun, cheery dun, Ken. Dun, um, dun, Ken dun, 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 I just want to give you 30, 45 seconds to get off your chest whatever you need to get off of before we get into NBA stuff. Uh, hey, well, this, this is my old man rant later. But uh, yes, Northwestern, 70-year wait, finally made it to the tournament and then actually won its first game over Vandy last night. I'll admit it, I'm a little hungover. I'm a little rough for wear. Uh, but a joyous, joyous, joyous night and day in Wildcat Nation. 
Good day for Rotowire too. Founded founded uh, by a bunch of uh, Northwestern guys. So a pretty cheerful day here. Um, I would expect nothing less, Ken. I was hoping that you'd be <laughs> hung over in a cheerful manner and not in a sad manner. Um, but yeah, seven, seventy years worth of drinking right there in one night, I suppose. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yeah, my all aboard there was a little weak, wasn't it? Uh, that's big, uh, but uh, we are happy. We are happy. All right. With that, DJ, let's dive into the news. And it's filled with players being shut down or being hurt and one player coming back. D. Wade out for the season with a small elbow fracture, adding to what I would now officially call the dumpster fire that is Chicago. Uh, I think I saw you tweeted this last night, but you're seeing a big uh, bump for Denzel Valentin? I don't know about big bump. Uh, I think the, the exact phrasing of that tweet was something like dark horse, rested season. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, what I always love to say is you need to reinvest into the players that are already there because they're going to see a higher usage rate, namely Rajon Rondo. Um, you know, with him moving into the starting lineup, he might just be the classic Rondo where he's out there getting you 13, 14, 15 assists a night. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, um, and I'm sure people are out there too if you manage to just hold on and weather through that you know, two- or three-month storm where he wasn't seeing much playing time. And then Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's just going to take even more shots, if you can even believe it. Um, but as the Bulls slowly but surely fall out of the playoff race, I'm definitely looking for them to insert Denzel Valentine into the lineup uh, a little more often. And of course, just because a guy is going into the lineup and seeing more minutes doesn't always translate to fantasy production. Now, it is the biggest correlating factor. Minutes is the, always the most important stat in fantasy. Uh, but some of these guys at the end of the bench are at the end of the bench for a reason. Uh, Denzel Valentine, though, when he's on the court, he's going to produce. He's already doing decent things. Um, with about 20 minutes per game, he's giving you three three-pointers per game over his last three games. So uh, funny enough, is providing that outside scoring presence that the Bulls have been looking for all season. So if you're in deeper leagues and are looking for a dark horse candidate, definitely Denzel Valentine. I would say still stay away from Paul Zipser. I've gotten that question on Twitter quite a bit. Zipser is one of the few players in the NBA that he can play as many minutes uh, as he wants. He's just not going to rack up a lot of production. So Valentine mm-hmm. for me, no Zipser. And, and Ken, you know who the happiest guy is about all of this, right? That Wade is out for the season? Pat Riley. Yeah, maybe Pat Riley. Well, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is the guy oh. the happiest. He's ready to get out of there. He thought it'd be you know a honeymoon coming back home. I think he's ready to get out of Chicago. Oh, he's happy yeah. to be done with this. What Don't want to speak conference? for him, but... Was it you know they had that embarrassing loss earlier this week or was it last weekend to Boston or the week before well, only, that or the week before that yeah really and they only put up nine points in the first quarter Gosh. and at some point in the presser or it was not not at the press table it's just at his locker but D Wade just said I'm getting tired of answering these questions someone needs to ask our front office yeah. why we're such a mess and I was like boy that's that that's just the white flag that's just yes <laughs> you're right. Maybe you know. Maybe this was a self-inflicted wound. Maybe he just went home and took a hammer, <laughs> just started whacking at his elbow. Um, yeah. Well, I love your answer of Pat Riley because I mean, it's it's the classic. <laughs> I told you so. Like we, yeah. you know, Pat can say, "I have a winning culture here." Like you left it. Uh, it wasn't just you because Miami's still winning without Dwayne Wade. Imagine how much better Miami would be with him on that team. Like so much regret from Wade right now for sure. Well, actually. How much better would Miami be with him? I don't know because you want to get those youngsters at Miami minutes, you know. And I, I, I don't, you know. And and frankly, I think uh, Dragic wouldn't be all that crazy about sharing the ball with him. I think 
That's this, a good, other than the PR, this may have worked out swimmingly for Miami. That's a good point. You know, Drogic and, and Dwayne Wade were not a match made in heaven, and so they kind of clash. In terms of style, I don't think they really hated each other by any means. But, no, no. you know, sometimes they just don't go. Uh, no, that, that that all makes sense to me. But, you know, 33 and 35, you got to think that with Dwayne Wade playing there the whole season, they'd at least be a little bit better and had a, had a much steadier season at least. Anyways, all this is to say is Dwayne Wade, uh, I would love to see him on a new team next Next year, and I think he'll factor in, uh, you know, culture and winning more so than anything else after this right. terrible year in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, and some good news: Kevin Love returned for the Cavs. Somehow, LeBron still played 38 minutes, which is a little mind-boggling for me. Cavs did win uh, over a good Utah Jazz team, 91-83. Love played 20 minutes, put up 10 and nine on five of nine shooting, but the rest of his line was empty. Um, this is kind of good news. Is early return for Love, isn't it? It definitely is. You know, you traded Kevin Love to me the day oh, before he got hurt. And <laughs> I'm sorry. In our staff <laughs> keeper league, well, it's okay. It was it was a tanking move on my part. I was just kind of you know playing for the next year and the That's year good. after that. I just didn't think yeah. I was going to make the push. But this is earlier than I thought he was going to come back. And to be honest with you, you know, what do they have to gain by putting him out there? Um, you know, just a little bit. The funny thing right. here is. I remember a news story uh, from about three months ago that said LeBron James is going to slowly decrease his minutes all the way up into the playoffs. Right. And what's, what's actually happened is his minutes have steadily increased. Um, oh. So that just goes to show you that when you see stuff like that midseason, just take it with a grain of salt because it, everything is so in flux over the course of the year that you know, if you sold high or sold low on LeBron either way, um, you know, it ultimately didn't matter, and he's a better player right now than he has been really at any point in the season because he feels the pressure. He needs to go out there and play triple-double basketball, which he's been doing over the last two weeks or so. Well, and I don't remember the exact timing of that LeBron will sit um, message, but I'm pretty sure they had a bigger lead in the East over Boston right. than they do now. And Washington, yeah. And Washington, right. So, you know, uh, and then obviously it was before Love got hurt. Um, but you'd like to think with Love back, I mean, hey, if you've got LeBron James, by all means, you play him the rest of the season in rotisserie. But, uh, um, you're going to have to, you'd like to think they give him some nights off, especially as we get closer, closer to the end here. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. 38 minutes last night. All right, DJ, our, our next, but back to bad news. The Suns, uh, as you said, at almost out of nowhere, they're shutting down Eric Bledsoe for the rest of the season due to left knee soreness. Bogus. Here's another opportunity. Bogus. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, I, I know. Yeah, bogus. Sorry. No, I think you're right. Uh, has the official era of Tyler Eulis begun for the Suns? I mean, it's just so ludicrous, right? That what two, one and a half years ago, this team had Drogic, uh, uh, Bledsoe, and Brandon Knight on it, and you know maybe even somebody else that I'm forgetting. How about when they had Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas, right? Yeah, that's the guy I was forgetting. And just this gluttony of point guards, and now for the rest of the season, they're rocking Tyler Ulis. Like that's where <laughs> that whole situation ended up. Are you kidding me? Come I on. think they actually look at Tyler Ulis and like he could be the next IT. You know, yeah. we're going to make up for this mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, get like, me, don't get me wrong. Like, he's decent, but I just think it's hilarious oh, yeah. that they, they just botched <laughs> that whole situation. Oh, um, they did. They, I mean, they, they went from a lot of guards to none. I mean, Barbosa's going to see minutes, right. you know? 
Yeah, well, I don't know why Barbosa would see minutes, but I, I mean, I think he probably will. It's just, you know, they're, they're shutting down those guys. So what that means, of course, is we're at a funky period in the NBA season, Ken. And we've seen this with the Lakers already. Now we're seeing this with the Suns. And all the other teams that are out of the playoff race are sure to follow. And this means, it, you know, it honestly gets very hard to play DFS NBA at this point in the season moving forward because there are guys coming out of nowhere. Uh, the Lakers, for like the last seven games, started this guy, David Nwoba. I had ne- I, you know, Ken, it's my job <laughs> to know the NBA inside and out. I'd never heard of that guy in my life. And he was starting for the Lakers. So it gets really difficult. Um, you know, I think I, they actually just call him top three pick. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the back of his jersey. We keep top three pick. <laughs> no, that's exactly that's exactly what they're doing. This guy is going to help us get a much get better version of this guy later by playing him. But um, so all this is to say is that, you know, it's it, if this is your first year playing fantasy NBA and especially DFS, just know that the, the last month of the season is the slot fest. And we're going to see lots of this. And these franchises want to see do these younger guys have what it takes to go out there and play NBA basketball? Do they need to roster these players for multiple years moving forward? So uh, Tyler Eulis era, I guess, has begun and he needs to prove to them that he's the point guard of their future. Now, Brandon Knight is only 25 years old. He's supposed to, he's a game time decision tonight, coming back from a back injury that had a miss, gosh, at least about a dozen games. For the one or two poor lonely souls out there that has still kept Brandon Knight on their roster, is there any hope, DJ? Any hope? No, get rid of him. I, I mean, I mean the redeeming <laughs> even with Tyler Ulis as the point guard. Yeah, he got well, no hope for Brandon Knight. He hasn't. I mean, he hasn't played since February fifteenth, and he would have been one of the first candidates to, you know, be, you know, quote unquote, benched for the rest of the season with some random injury. Um, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, they got five years though. His contract, five years, seventy million, signed in two thousand fifteen. So, you know, they, they got to move it, or what are they gonna? Can they eat it? That just seems like such a huge chunk of cap space to just let him go. Oh, I completely agree with you. I didn't say it was a smart decision. I just don't think that they're <laughs> going to play him. I mean, he is 25 years old. This is, I mean, he's in his peak. People argue about peak, but, uh, you know, 25 years old is definitely within the range that people talk about. So, uh, you know, Devin Booker, TJ Warren, Tyler Eulis, those are the guys that are going to see the minutes, Ken. And, you know, maybe there'll be one or two games where Brandon Knight gets out there and sees a bunch of minutes, but by no means would I roster him really in, in any depth of fantasy league right now, especially when you have Tyler Eulis is popping up all over the place across the across the league. Yeah, I wonder who gets him. I was going to say on the cheap, except for his contract so hefty. I, I can't. I mean, I just can't believe his NBA career is over at twenty five. Yeah. I mean, this was a guy who's seventeen and five. He'll get you traded. know, granted, poor shooter, but yeah. I mean, the you know what's funny is that what Brandon Knight really needs right now is he needs Tyler Eulis to ball out to the point where the Suns are comfortable trading Knight. Uh, to uh, Sacramento, yeah. to New Orleans, the, the, the Knicks. No, they don't have any yeah, the New Orleans might be an interesting fit. Um, you know, he, he'll be on the move at some point during this contract, perhaps multiple times. Yeah, Washington's desperate for a backup point guard, but maybe they'll—I don't know—they're running out of assets as well. No, that's a—that's a good one. I mean, Brandon Jennings is not a long-term option in Washington, yeah. so Brandon Knight w- would be an interesting one for sure. Okay, well, other depressing news was announced <laughs> that uh, Isaiah Thomas is out Friday and Sunday due to a bone bruise in his right knee. This might be a little bogus meter as well because they're playing the Nets in Philadelphia in these two games. So if there are ever two games for your star to sit, these are the two. Um, you know, minutes will be up for 
Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier, but those guys aren't going to get the shots. They're defensive first, poor shooters, frankly. I think this is big Avery Bradley time. I need to work him into my I need to work him into my uh, fan and duel lineup tonight. But uh, how do you see this shaking out for Boston, DJ? Yeah, again, to reinvest into the players that are already there. Obviously, Smart and Rozier should see. Uh, a little bit of bump in minutes, but those aren't always the guys that you know go out there and produce a lot in terms of fantasy. So I'm right there with you, Avery Bra- with a- Avery Bradley, uh, and even Al Horford um, is somebody who you know both of these guys uh, prices on FanDuel and other sites have gone way down. Al Horford just because he hasn't been producing that much, and Bradley because he's still trying to regain what he had before that Achilles issue. Uh, but tonight with with Thomas out of the lineup and and for these next two games. Uh, Avery Bradley is going to be jacking up a lot of shots, and I believe he's only six thousand dollars on Fanduel. You better bet that you're locking him in. And you Bradley's know, sixty four hundred. Sixty four hundred. Still, yeah. even still, you know. against the woeful Nets as well. That right. play, no defense. And you know, this is a good opportunity to you know, kind of respark or rekindle the offensive prowess that he had at the beginning of the year. He hasn't quite been able to do that, so it's a good opportunity for him to regain some confidence, take a lot of shots, and still get the W, which should be good for him even when Isaiah Thomas returns. Okay, then our last bit of news, DJ. Will Barton, big night against the Clippers. Granted, the Clips were resting a few guys, but uh, boy, the Nugs looked pretty good last night, huh? Right, yeah. I mean, the Nuggets holding down that ace seed in the Western Conference, and you know, you would like to say uh, that it was a solid win against a full-strength Clippers team, but it wasn't. However, if you want to make the playoffs, you need to take care of business. You need to handle these games. You can't let games slip like this, and they're showing that they can do that, that they're somewhat reliable. And what I love most, you know I love Will Barton. He's my man in terms of fantasy. I love him. I want him to be traded to Brooklyn this offseason, and I just want to see him unleashed. Um, he yes. does not start last night uh, because they like him locked into that six man off the bench, provides a scoring punch uh, for sure. So even though he doesn't start uh, always, uh, you know, even when you have Gallinari out, when you have Wilson Chandler out, he's still the guy that's going to take a lot of minutes. He ended up seeing 36 minutes off the bench, career high 35 points for him last night. Oh, yeah. Young phenom Nikola Jokic notches his fifth triple-double of the season. So these Nuggets are fun. And right now they're holding off the Trailblazers for the eighth seed in the West. And I really think that they deserve it. I, I think that the way things have gone this year, that the Nuggets have played well enough, they're deserving enough over the Trailblazers, over the Mavericks, and certainly over the Timberwolves as the Timberwolves look to make a, a late-season push. Um, so, you know, just kind of happy to see some of these younger players developing into a cohesive team something that teams like the pellet or the timberwolves have not done yet they haven't figured out a way to do this i love how all the hype was on the young guns in the timberwolves Mm -hmm. and here we have a a nuggets team that's just as young just as sexy if you will um but they're figuring out how to play together and they're not so much concerned about all the hype and hoopla well said well said and i have faith in coach malone to figure things out there in denver i don't quite get doc rivers move to sit those guys. I understand why you sit veterans and wanting them to have fresh legs, but they're a game away from being the seventh seed. You know, they're fifth. Now they're half a game up on the thunder. They're a game up on the Grizzlies. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, the Clippers are the seventh seed will go absolutely nowhere. And you're in kind of a win now mode in LA. I don't know why you risk dropping further in the standings here. I don't know why. 
I agree with you. I think the Clippers need to look in the mirror and, and realize that they're not the Warriors, Spurs, or the Cavaliers right now. They're, you know, they're, they're on the same level as Right, the but it's, it's too late to play for the future right now. No, you know? I agree. I mean, in terms of resting, like they think that they're, you know, they're not one of the top, echelon, top upper echelon teams, and they're kind of resting players like they think they are one of those teams. They have the liberty of doing that. But here's right. the thing where I think Doc Rivers might be, you know, the smartest guy in the room, if you will, believe it or not. Uh, you want to stay away from the Warriors. I think they, you know, I don't know if they can beat the Spurs, but they probably feel like they have a better shot against the Spurs. So if you're able to stay away from the four or five um, and then get knocked down to the six or seven seed, uh, which, you know, that would put you against a Rockets team or a Spurs. uh, But ultimately, it doesn't allow you to face the Warriors until the Western Conference Finals. Perhaps that you know they'll resign to not having home court advantage in the first or second round if it means they just stay away from the Warriors as long as possible. So that would be that would be what I would be looking at there. Um, but you know maybe I'm giving them more credit and they're just struggling late in the season. and That's purely it. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a little dumbfounded by the resting. I think they drop to six or seven. They're just going to lose in the first round, and that's going to be much worse of a disaster than worrying about where the Warriors are. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like more disappointment in line for Clippers fans. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly possible, Ken. Um, so here we go. It's your crazy old man rants. Uh, I'm so <clears throat> excited. I don't think I've ever been more happy for it. But again, a, a firm reminder that he's he's nursing a massive seventy-year hangover. <laughs> <laughs> My crazy old man rant is that I hate hangovers. But go cats! How can I be angry? I feel like the 18-year-old kid who started college in 1987 when all of Northwestern sports were terrible. Football was terrible. Basketball was terrible. The football was so bad, we won six games my four years at Northwestern. Six games total. I sat in a snowy loss to Minnesota where we lost 5-3, to three, and in the last second of the game, a field goal from the two-yard line was blocked by the Gophers in Northwestern loss. And I honestly asked myself on the 20-minute walk home, what am I doing with my life? What the hell? Why did I sit through that atrocity? But then I go back to grad school, and it's the magical Rose Bowl season of 1995. I'm staring at a big picture of it in my office now. And now Coach Collins has turned the Wildcats into an NCAA tournament team for the first time ever. 78 years. Northwestern is in the tournament. And last night we beat Vanderbilt. Let me tell you how bad Northwestern basketball is. This is the first season when we've ever had a winning record in the Big Ten. Um, We were the only big conference school to never go to the NCAA tournaments. We're one of five schools of the original D1 schools that have never gone and the only big conference school to have never gone. Um, We had never been to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. We've been so atrocious. But all of that is forgotten, baby. All of it. And then we beat Vandy. We were an eight seed. They were a nine. So some books had us favored by a point. Other books had Vandy favored by a point or two. But somehow we pulled off a victory, proving our legitimacy. Now, I know, wonderful listeners, that you're hearing way too much about the Northwestern story. And that's because about 50% of the sports media, Northwestern grads, our Medill School of Journalism is fantastic, cranks out. Uh, a crazy amount of Northwestern media people. So I'm sorry. I won't bore you anymore with this love for Northwestern. You should know I'm wearing purple head to toe. 
uh, and many a toast last night to the Cats. And if you are an NU fan, make sure you see the video of the football coach, Fitzgerald, sneaking into the men's basketball locker, uh, the men's basketball team's locker after the game, just to give a bunch of pep fist pumps and cheers which is another reason to go crazy and yeah northwestern the northwestern world is very very happy i love i love that you uh you're very self-aware um because i i gotta say this ken and again rotowire is a company founded on northwestern alum so i need to be careful but uh, <laughs> you know nationally you guys are slowly but surely turning into one of the more hated uh fan bases you know if if you guys go any deeper you need to be careful because there might be backlash i'm just saying that you're getting into golden state warriors territory <laughs> well you know <laughs> i don't think anyone's using the dynasty term with the cats yet but i do i have seen non northwestern media people complaining about the absurd coverage. And we every time I, I see a Northwestern story nationally, the first thing I do is see like, oh, is this an alum? And more times than not, it is an alum. You know, sometimes they come out and just say it. I'm an alum and I'm going to write this wonderful story about my alma mater. But uh, we do get more coverage than we deserve. Um, but we were terrible. I mean, don't. Yes, we get too much coverage, but it is a wonderful story because of the 78 years of just being god-awful. So last question here, and uh, yep. a, a quick reminder that this is technically the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We talk NBA, but it's not actually the NBA podcast, so this is totally in line. Uh, away with some college we talking. can get away with some college hoops. Nick and, Nick and James do it all the time. Um, so are you... If you could pick any Northwestern alum to be the face of the fa- of the college basketball men's NU college basketball fan base, right now it's Julie Louis Dreyfus, right? Oh, but it's like, Julie Louis. Would you yeah. would you pick somebody else? Like I might go Seth Myers. I mean, like I love Seinfeld. I love, I love her, but might pick if, somebody you know, else. Seth Myers. Uh, uh, sidebar on Seth Myers. If you stop Seth Myers, he can recite. Um, the outcomes and the scores of every game from the Northwestern Rose Bowl season, the magical football season in 95, which I totally respect. You could stop him in the street right now and he would give you the entire, the whole schedule, the outcome and the scores of every game. Um, I'm okay with Elaine, you know, because her son's on the team. Because <laughs> I I, I'm old. I watch which, which team. I'm, yeah, so her son, I think it's Charlie Hall or Chad Hall. Okay. Brad Hall is her husband. Brad Hall was briefly on the cast of Silent Live. Uh, way back when, uh, met presumably met Julia Louise Dreyfus at Northwestern. They got married. Their son is a walk-on on the team. He's gotten a lot of media play because of all of this. Uh, and so that's a big reason why she's okay. at all these games. So she's earned it. Right. When your offspring are on the squad, she's earned it. I'm okay with it. I'm a big Michael Wilbon fan, not only yeah. because of Northwestern, but also because I grew up in D.C. and he would write for the Washington Post for a long time. as a sp- So... Uh, Will Bond certainly uh, enjoying this as well. Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, a student went to school with Pete Shanky, Rotowire founder. Pete and Rachel know each other. Um, uh, went to Medill together at Northwestern. She's She jumped a little late, though. I'll give her this. She's been a little later to the party. I think she's uh, – but, uh, you know, well – and, of course, Greenberg. You know, Greeny, sure. huge Northwestern sports fan and talking us up in the morning – uh, constantly on the Mike and Mike show, but uh, no, I'm okay. With Julia Colbert, yeah, also filmed a great. Col- yeah, we own late night. We own late so you, night. You really know, do. 
I can't believe our listeners want to hear any more Northwestern, though. So no, let's let's right. let's move I, on, DJ. All right. So uh, we always have a quick segment before we get into our Friday FanDuel DFS plays. And at this time of the year, I'd like to go over some candidates who might get shut down for the rest of the season. So if you're rostering one of these guys and I say his name, just know that you should feel antsy because just like Eric yeah. Bledsoe, it could come out of nowhere where it just does not make any sense for the franchise to play them for the rest of the season. So um, be, uh, you know, I guess the first name at the top of this list, uh, of course, is Brooke Lopez, right? No surprises here. They've been putting him on a rest schedule so far this season. The Nets have nothing to play for. He really is their only asset. He's not going to be a net in the lo- Nets. He's not going to play for the Nets in the long term. Um, so there's just you know there's just not a lot of reason to play him. At some point, he will be the nice piece of a trade that will help them rebuild uh, any any second. He has such a he has. I mean, actually, he's been healthy last couple of years, but before that, had a rich history of being injured often. Right. Foot issues. If I'm running the Nets, I have him play every other game. I don't want I don't want to add any fuel to that. Oh, he's a guy that gets hurt. I want to show that no, he's fine. We're just have nothing to play for. And I mean, the sad thing is though, they don't gain anything by them being miserable. It's not it's not like uh, LA, you know, for instance, uh sitting Dang and Moskov who both weren't playing that well, but you also want to keep your top three pick because it's protected in a trade. Um, but yeah, I, I, the Nets, if I'm the Nets, I play Lopez every other game. Next guy I have here is Anthony Davis. Uh, no surprises. Uh, Pelicans are going absolutely nowhere. They're 13th in the West right now. They might as well shut it down for the rest of the season, get a nice, um, well, you know what? I, I forget that their pick is, is, is headed towards Sacramento, I believe. So, uh, yeah. you know, they, they just have too much invested in Anthony Davis to keep running him out there, uh, with losing effort. You know, I just wouldn't be surprised if they wave the white flag and, and he's shut down again for one of those bogus injuries. Don't be fooled with these with these dumb injuries. They're just teams are playing it safe, and you would too if you had a hundred million dollars invested in these guys. I'm a little more hopeful, and tell me if I'm wrong. I'm a little more hopeful on Davis, only in that they got a brief window to figure out how he and Boogie are going to how well they're going to play together. You know, the first two week, two three weeks went poorly. They had a big win earlier this week where it looked like they finally figured it out, but. A part of me thinks they really want to see what how Boogie and Brow play together. Fire and ice. You know what, Ken? And, and for that reason, maybe he's like you know the guy that's at the end of the list, or right, or the guy that'd be most willing to take off the list. So you're you're completely right, and that's a great retort. And you know, um, that does make a lot of sense. It just seems like the way they've handled him so far in the past that I would kind of hope that maybe they would know by now it's not a good fit. But who knows? It, it is the Pelicans. So so you're right. Maybe he's the uh, down at the bottom of this list. The next guy I have, and I'll just lump them together here, the next two guys I have are Kristaps Porzingis and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it seems like this point, at the end of the year, Carmelo always has some kind of weird wrist or hand thing that pops up or elbow thing. I forget exactly what it is. And Porzingis uh, you know, left the game with a thigh bruise, I think, recently. And a lot, of it, a lot invested in him. They're na- nowhere near playoff contention. So two guys I think that... Ken, I wouldn't be surprised at some point in the next week they just shut him down for the final few weeks of the season. Um, you know who they should play? Charles Oakley. <laughs> Put Oakley in there at power forward. Yeah, seriously. That would be <laughs> that'd be a story, right? You know, the Knicks, I mean, another dumpster fire and Phil Jackson. What yeah, oh, good lord. I don't I don't even like I don't I don't I honestly don't even have any advice for the Knicks anymore. They're so crazy town. I you're right. I they probably should rest those guys again. 
and I'm sure I'm not sure they will. Uh, uh, they're just so poorly run, but certainly something to keep your eye on. Uh, you know, if you've got again, if you got Chris stops, I don't see how you bench him in right. season long. Yeah, no, but, by no means am I saying bench him now or get rid of him yeah. now, but it's just you know, don't be surprised is basically what this list uh, is yeah. made of. Final guy here for me, um, and then Ken, I'll let you step in with any of yours. Is Nikola Vucevic? You know, somebody that they're invested in. Just, it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, to play him quite a bit of minutes in, in for Orlando when they could be playing, uh, you know, smaller lineups, you know, trying mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon, you know, small ball at center. I think maybe it's just worth trying it out. Uh, they already know what they have in Vucevic. He's, you know, it's, it's pretty well yeah. known what he is in the league. I, I think the unibrow, the, the figuring out your lineup argument, though, may apply to Orlando like it does in New Orleans in that, you know, we were hailing Denver earlier in the pod for it seems like, okay, they finally have a rotation that they seem to that makes sense. Um, they have not found that in Orlando, right? And even with the Ibaka trade, I don't think Gordon really is working out a power forward either. You know, I I think they might be realizing Gordon may never be a good shooter. I know uh, James is in love with uh, former Arizona Wildcat Aaron Gordon, but I'm not sure that guy ever learns how to shoot. And frankly, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a, you know, nine and a half rebounds a game type guy. I just don't think they figured things out in Orlando you're right. They know what they have in Vucevic, but they don't know how to win yet. And uh, I think they might keep playing them. I, I would be way more concerned, though there's a dearth of talent there. So probably no one's actually relying on players from this team. But in general, the Sacramento Kings, uh, they lose their pick. I forget. What's the protection? Where's their pick go? They, ha- they lose their first round pick if they win too many to close things out here. But they've already been resting uh, Darren Collision. Don't tell me they care about, oh, we need to look more at Lawson. They don't need to look at Ty Lawson. They don't Lawson want to might be out of the league at the end of this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. He's got some this should issues. be the end of his stint. This should be the end of his stint. But the Kings are going to be, you know, I'd love to see them give Willie Cauley Stein as many minutes as possible, frankly, but they have no motivation to win. They need to hold on to their pick. Um, this is the Northwestern hangover kicking in. I forget where their uh, pick goes. I'm, but, I'm uh, pulling it up right now, Ken. I, I, right. <laughs> I'm not nursing a hangover, but for whatever reason, I, I just cannot remember. But, um, you know, the Kings are going to have bad, crazy lineups now through the end of the year under the guise of, oh, we're experimenting, but really, like the Lakers, super high pick that they lose if they win too many, so they're just in full tank mode. Right. So 2017 first-round pick. Um, oh, 2017 first-round pick to Chicago. Uh, or wait, is it Philadelphia? Gosh, they have so many picks. It's insane. So I have a full list of where all these picks are supposed to go. And it's just so much that I can't even, uh, we don't even need to get into it. It's well documented that the Kings are giving up picks all over the place. But again, um, you know, they do need to stay bad just like some other teams like the Lakers to retain all, all the picks that they do still have left. Um, Ken, let's get into some Friday FanDuel DFS here. We'll keep it short because we've already talked about a lot of these players. Uh, the first guy I'll talk about is Tyler Uless, uh, about like 41 fantasy points, almost 40. Uh, last time out in his start against Sacramento, more of the same. A lot of value to be had. I think right now his price will be about as cheap as it will be all season. Somebody to jump on. Avery Bradley, of course, we touched on him, $6,400. Yeah. Not expecting him to see more minutes because he's already seeing 33 minutes per game. Just a lot more shot attempts in the absence of Isaiah Thomas. 
Yeah, Avery Bradley, you know, one pick if you want to go big money on Harden or Greek Freak, you could look at Denzel Valentin at 3700 only because he's so cheap. But uh, I think early on it's Rondo and Butler who are going to get the big lift with Wade's uh, injury. Um, but uh, let's go to power. I like. I really like your pick for power forward tonight. All right. I do too. Ryan Anderson, you know I love the revenge game, Ken. I love it, love it, love, love it. it. Uh, he spent four seasons in New Orleans. He's going back with Houston, of course, to play in New Orleans tonight. And I got to say, you know, the revenge factor is there. The motivation factor is there. Not only that, who's going to guard him? Cousins or Anthony Davis is going to have to defend him on the perimeter. <laughs> Guess what? They're going to be dog-tired trying to score points on the offensive end and then trying to run around the perimeter trying to guard him. I love Ryan Anderson tonight for not only matchup reasons, for just pure revenge and motivation reasons as well. Absolutely. I love that pick. Uh, though I'll tell you, I am really struggling with small forward. I, I, I am I'm a loss. I am banging my head on the wall. I mean, I, I mean Jimmy Butler... At 8,700. But that other spot, you got any advice for me at that other spot, DJ? Help me out, sir. Yeah, most definitely. So, I mean, I could I could throw out Justin Anderson, but he's just a flyer. Again, he's going up against his old team tonight uh, back in Philadelphia. Uh, if, if you really, you know, don't are strapped for cash, then he's somebody to take a look at. But in terms of, you know, who has a good matchup at small forward tonight, it's pretty dry. It, it's really barren. So um, we talked about Jimmy Butler. You know, I think for as long as he keeps playing, uh, his price is going to be on the rise because he's just going to see more shots with Wade perpetually out. Uh, so his price tag of $8,700 makes him very hard to pass up tonight. You could go with Robert Covington, but you know he's hit or miss. He, he averages 26 fantasy points per night, but it's more like 15 points one night, 45 the next. It's not like pretty consistent <clears throat> 30 coming in every night. Andrew Wiggins the exact same way. Uh, Ken, you're struggling because it is a very hard small forward slate tonight. It just kind of is. You know who's a disappointment for me on the cheaper side of small forwards that I thought would blossom in Orlando is Terrence Ross. I mean, they're, spoon- they're giving him the starting lineup. They're giving him plenty of shots, and it just isn't happening. You know, and you know, we always say it's all about minutes. He's got all the minutes he wants, and it's not happening. His sh- yeah, his shot just really hasn't fallen. Um, you know, he still has the green light. But more importantly, when he was playing for Toronto – are you really going to close out on him when you leave DeMar DeRose and Kyle Lowry open? No. And so he saw a lot more open shots, and it's going uh, to be a learning curve for him. He really needs to figure out how to play starters minutes and be guarded like a starter. Um, so that's a big difference there. It's a transition period, but heading into next season, I wouldn't have any qualms about taking him later on in the rounds if I knew he was going to start and see upwards of 30 minutes every game. Do you think Brandon Ingram has a shot against the Bucs, or is he going to get smothered by the Greek freak? It's, you know, it's just, I like him, and in a couple of years, I think he could be a, a very interesting fantasy asset for anybody. But right now, you know, he could be on the court for 50 minutes a game, and I don't know that he's going to rack up enough fantasy potential for me. Uh, he's still just learning how to accrue stats. Um, obviously, we're looking at this at a fantasy perspective. Um, and it's just even at a price tag of forty four hundred dollars, you love, love, love that he's seeing about you know what is it? He saw thirty nine minutes against Houston recently, uh, but he just hasn't toppled that thirty point benchmark that we need to see out of every single player we put on a roster. So it's tough. I mean, you, you love the minutes, but he's just not racking up enough points for us yet. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, sir. And continuing your theme of revenge games, uh, a big one at center. Yeah, most definitely. Nerland's Noel. 
So I mentioned Justin Anderson. They were traded for each other. New Orleans Noel is back in Philadelphia. I believe last night he was at some Philly steak shop out in Philly buying <laughs> cheesesteaks for his, uh, nice. his former fan base. <laughs> uh, but make no mistake about it. You know, Philadelphia 76ers decided to move away from Nerlens Noel, and he is going to be motivated beyond all get out. I believe he was power forward eligible for most of the year, but as of right now, he is center eligible. Uh, you got to think that Sixers are going to deploy uh, Jalil Okafor quite a bit. Dirk can't guard Jalil Okafor. Okafor will go to town on Dirk. So they're going to need to bring Noel out. We're going to see a lot of Noel versus Okafor matchups, which should be very entertaining for both sides. <laughs> but you have to think, for a player like Noel, who's just so athletically gifted, when he's motivated, he can go out there and do big-time things at $6,000. I think he's going to be worth that and more tonight. Um, of course, the issue here is minutes. Uh, but I think that Dallas is going to allow him to play because you know he's going to know the matchups better than anybody else on the Mavericks. I've got one more DFS question that we can move to our outro. Sure. Power forward, do you play the red hot Dario Saric or do you play uh, suddenly being spoon-fed a gazillion minutes Julius Randle? And it's a it's actually 1100 more for Dario than for Randle tonight. Yeah. That's a great question. The issue with Randall is that he's just all over the map, right? So last time out, he gave us 43. The time before that, it was 19. The time before that, it was 40. Then it was 30, 48, 28. So it's all over the place. It's somewhat feast or famine. The thing with Dario is that you know you're locked in for at least 30 points almost every single night. And more often than not, you're going to fit in and slide into that 35 to 40-point range over the last two games, 46 and 45, or 46 and 46 actually uh most importantly he played the lakers two games ago and he already gave us 46 so i'm gonna go with dario Saric. i'm gonna take that extra money and, and and give it to him and pay for that consistency ken all right smart move dj well dj anything else uh, wait a minute we forgot the uh, usual section which names did i mispronounce today uh, well, we're supposed to fill those in as the pod goes I on. No, I forget about that, and I make myself so mad because I think it's the best idea we've ever had on this podcast <laughs> to go back and recap all your mistakes. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the classic one where it all began, Darren Collison, not Collision. But I, I you know, I think you're teasing us now. To, at this point, uh, let me look back. I thought I said Collison. Did I say Collision? Oh, you I used always to say, say that Collision. That's just imprinted have... in your brain. Um, I believe we had a miss. Ulysses uh, was definitely one. I, I stumbled going into Ulysses. I should have known. One it. more. I thought I got it right that one. I thought I guessed right on Tyler Ulysses, but I think. Oh yeah, you said Valentin instead of Valentine. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the one I was trying to. I did say Valentin instead of Valentine. You're so because... humble to allow us to do this, Ken. I love it. But yeah, no, good job overall. When it's just me and you, you know, the the margin for hair, error is way higher. But you crushed it today. I'm proud of you. <laughs> maybe we need you hung over more often you get more names right <laughs> i'm not, not sure my wife would agree with that but yes all right well uh let's go with uh, i completely random based on absolutely nothing our quote today from uh philadelphia 76er and i'm not sure where else charles shackleford played but a uh, wonderful quote kind of how i'm feeling in my head right now he said left handed wait left hand right hand it doesn't matter. I'm amphibious. <laughs> Attention passengers, this two-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 